Well, it's been a while since we've had to do one of these. Unfortunately, the Superhuman Registration Podcast has had some illness among its members, and so we weren't able to get an episode recorded this week. So we're just doing a quick fill-in so we can keep our schedule going. I suspect the topic here is going to seem a little bit like we're jumping on the bandwagon, just trying to chime in on something that is topical in the news, but not really relevant to the theme of the podcast. To some extent, that's probably true. Like, we're here today to talk about Art Spiegelman and Mouse. There is a connection to Marvel Comics, which we will get to, but for now, I kind of just want to start off by talking about how I came to know what Mouse was about and why the book means so much to me. See, I was an English major in college. I studied literature, and that's literature with a capital L, only serious works of writing by very famous dead white men were to be considered. I specialized in creative writing where appreciation of genre fiction got beaten out of me pretty quickly. Then towards the end of my college experience, I took a class on American literature covering works from the 20th century, which sounds ancient now, but we're talking early 2000s when I was in college, so it felt a lot more recent to me at that point. We covered film in that class. I developed a bit of an appreciation for silent films and the works of Charlie Chaplin in particular. We also studied a few comics. Specifically, we looked at Mouse. Studying Mouse in a classroom context did a lot to shore up my appreciation for comics as a medium, for history as a subject, and in particular, Mouse taught me about the Holocaust in a far more real and visceral way than I think I had ever encountered before. And I want to talk about that. And so I think it's worth taking some time to acknowledge the creator who brought such a powerful work of fiction into the world and look at why it's getting challenged so much in so many different contexts. The creator of Mouse, Art Spiegelman, was born in Sweden in 1948. His family immigrated to the United States while he was very young. Spiegelman's father and mother were Polish Jews who survived the Holocaust, but not all of Spiegelman's family made it through. He had an older brother whom he never met, who stayed with an aunt who poisoned both herself and the brother to keep them out of the Nazi death camps. Family tragedy for Art doesn't end there. Art's mother died by suicide while Art was a young man in college. For most of his adult life, Art worked for Topps Trading Card Company, and it was while he was working there that he came up with probably his most famous creation. You all know it, you've all heard about it. I'm talking, of course, about the Garbage Pail Kids, which he co-created with some of his colleagues working at Topps. Spiegelman's family is full of creatives. He married Francois Mouly, who went on to become the editor of Raw magazine, publisher of Raw and Toon books, and currently, I believe, was working as an art editor for The New Yorker. Spiegelman's daughter Nadia is also a cartoonist who worked with her mother to launch a collection of protest comics after the 2016 election of Donald Trump, a topic that we will be revisiting shortly. Joking aside, Spiegelman's most famous story is unambiguously Mouse, a comic retelling his parents' experience during the Holocaust in World War II. Mouse is a seminal work, not just because of the, the narrative of the Holocaust that it provides, but also the family narrative, which I think is a major part of the story's appeal. The framing device for Mouse 
is a recollection of visits that Spiegelman had with his father in order to get the material that would become Mouse. Those framing devices explore Spiegelman's relationship with his father, both the highs and the lows. There's a pretty memorable sequence where Spiegelman learns that his father destroyed his mother's uh, journals from the, the Holocaust, and Spiegelman flies into a rage and tells calls his father a murderer because he destroyed these memories of his mother. There's also a, a funny little moment in Mouse where Spiegelman's character is talking to his wife, Francois, and notes that in real life, Francois wouldn't let Spiegelman talk as long as his character has been doing in the comics. There are a lot of really clever fourth wall breaks in Mouse that I think make it really worth studying as a work of literature and as a work of comics craft to see the sorts of things that are available within the medium. Probably the most commented upon artistic feature of Mouse is its use of anthropomorphized animals. Mice are used to represent the Jews. Cats are used to represent the Nazi Germans. Pigs are used to represent the Polish citizens. Dogs are used to represent the Allies, the United States, and Great Britain. Couple that with the story's use of masks. When Art's parents have to go out while they are in hiding, their characters are seen donning masks of pigs so that they can blend in with the poles where they are hiding. There are some great meta-uses of these masks as well. In the second volume of Mouse, Spiegelman is seen sitting at his desk drawing, and he's wearing the mask of a mouse. But you can see that he, Spiegelman himself, is a human. And there's a lot of interesting commentary to be made on that. And that's part of the reason that I think Mouse's uh, work that's so worth defending, is there are so many layers to it, so much to talk about. It is an ideal text, especially a comics text, to explore in a classroom because of all the different directions that the conversation can go. Now, that's not to say that Mouse isn't above criticism. It's actually been the subject of criticism for most of its existence. The decision to portray the Poles as pigs proved to be controversial because in Jewish tradition, pigs are often seen as unclean. And if that was intended to be a characterization of the Polish citizenry, you could see why some would take offense to that. And then there's the simple fact that Mouse itself is a funny animals comic telling the story of the Holocaust. Many saw the depiction of the Holocaust through such a stereotypically silly medium to be demeaning to the topic. And while I don't agree with that stance, I can certainly sympathize with it. But of course, that's not the controversy that is foremost in people's minds right now. The big one is the decision by the McMinn County Schools Board to remove Mouse from its curriculum after it was presented to 8th graders to be taught. Admittedly, I will say that 8th grade is pretty young, to cover Mouse. That said, I covered similarly challenging topics at that time, and I believe that Mouse person... This is editorializing a little bit, and so perhaps I'll leave this on the cutting room floor. I'm not quite sure yet, but the classroom is the best place to approach a text like Mouse, and eighth grade is not too young to begin handling such difficult topics. We didn't read Mouse when I was in eighth grade, but we definitely watched Roots with LeVar Burton, and that covers similarly difficult topics and has some pretty graphic portrayals of violence and hatred, and yet I think I was better for having done it. So I don't know, for what it's worth, doesn't seem like it's out of place for me. The board doesn't agree. The comment from the board indicates that they felt that Mouse was not appropriate for 8th graders due to the language and the nudity 
and the violence, especially, I believe, the treatment of Art's mother's suicide. And it just occurs to me that I've gone this long without mentioning Art's parents' names. And that's important because they are, again, the topic of the narrative of Mouse and, of course, real people in their own right. Art's father was named Vladislav and his mother was Anzia. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. I have not really got a mastery of Polish. Anyway, McMinn County. The board released a statement after the controversy kind of hit the fan, stating that their intent was not to diminish the value of Mouse as an impactful and meaningful piece of literature, nor do they dispute the importance of teaching children the historical and moral lessons and realities of the Holocaust. To the contrary, and I'm slightly paraphrasing here, but most of this is text directly from their statement. To the contrary, we have asked our administrators to find other works that accomplish the same goals in a more age-appropriate fashion. The atrocities of the Holocaust were shameful beyond description, and we all have an obligation to ensure that younger generations learn of its horrors to ensure that such an event is never repeated. We simply do not believe that this work is an appropriate text for our students to study. Spiegelman was contacted for his response by the New York Times, and he told them that it seemed like the school board was asking, why can't they teach a nicer Holocaust? I think the response that resonated the most with me to the school board's comments came from a young adult author named Gwen Katz, who describes a phenomenon that she refers to as pajamification. Katz describes this phenomenon in a Twitter thread that's really worth reading, so if you want to go find it, you can follow her at Gwen C. Katz on Twitter. She's speculating here, but she anticipates that the board is going to choose a text akin to the novel The Boy in the Striped Pajamas for their curriculum in place of Mouse. She notes that The Boy in the Striped Pajamas is usually taught in schools because it is free of a lot of the objectionable material that the parents on this board seem to be against. However, she notes that that sort of clean approach to the Holocaust makes it a less than ideal text to teach the Holocaust. She notes that The Boy in the Striped Pajamas is told from the perspective of a German, whereas Mouse and similar texts are told from the perspective of the Jews who endured the Holocaust, and that perspective is quite important when you are telling the story. But the element that struck me as more interesting is the focus on historical innocence. So I'm going to start reading from Katz's Twitter thread here. Bruno, who I presume is the main character in The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, I have to, as an aside here, I have not read this book, so I'm relying on Katz's characterization here. Bruno isn't anti-Semitic. He has no idea that anything bad is happening. He happily befriends a Jewish boy with absolutely no prejudice. Thus, we're reassured that you too, gentle reader, are innocent. You too would have a childlike lack of prejudice, and you too would be such a sweet summer child that you would have no idea the place next door is a death camp. In Mouse, by contrast, the children are not innocents. They are perpetrators of injustice, just like adults. That's kind of a harsh story to tell to children, but we've seen, we've all been through our teenage years, and we can see how cruel children can be, and it's worth, again, in a classroom, in a relatively safe environment where this topic can be discussed a little bit more openly, it's worth having those conversations, and Mouse does a very good job of telling those stories. Again, Katz makes a lot of great points in this thread, and I'm not going to go through all of them. I'd encourage you to go read it if this is a topic that interests you. So, Mouse is not a stranger to controversy. Spiegelman is not a stranger to controversy. And in fact, that controversy has continued to follow Spiegelman at multiple points throughout his career, including topics not related 
to the graphic novel Mouse. I had an inkling that Spiegelman had been in the news recently, and I couldn't quite remember why, but I reminded myself as I was looking into information about the Mouse controversy recently that Spiegelman had actually been approached to write an introduction to a publication collecting comics from the golden age of Marvel, from 1939 to 1949, by the Folio Society. And here we get to the Spiegelman-Marvel connection. So Spiegelman was going to write this introduction for this collection, and the draft that he turned in was deemed inappropriate for publication unless he were to modify a single sentence. The line in question, and again, we're talking 2019 here, in today's all-too-real world, Captain America's most nefarious villain, the Red Skull, is alive on screen, and an orange skull haunts America. Here we're also getting back to the outrage over the the Trump election. Art Spiegelman and his family were very much opposed to the damage that Donald Trump was doing to America. And he wrote that into this introduction for this Golden Age comics collection. According to Spiegelman, and according to the reporting done by The Guardian, where Spiegelman's essay eventually got published, it seems that the essay was most likely pulled because Marvel Entertainment chairman Ike Perlmutter was a longtime friend of Donald Trump and a financial supporter of the Trump re-election campaign. And that's probable, right? But in reading the essay, which again, you can find on The Guardian, I wonder if to some extent the rejection of the essay wasn't due to how early Marvel Comics was framed. Spiegelman was quick to note the exploitation of early comics creators, many of whom were Jewish. He tells the story of Siegel and Schuster selling the rights to Superman for what looks like $130. He also describes the founder of the company that would go on to become Marvel Comics, a man named Martin Goodman, as a trend-surfing publisher of some lurid pulps. And Spiegelman is pretty quick to note that he is not particularly interested in superheroes as a topic. He refers to superhero comics as his methadone, and he admits he prefers the higher art form of Donald Duck comics. Beyond all that, though, and probably the note that I want to conclude on here, I found a particular line from Spiegelman's essay to resonate really strongly. Spiegelman writes, I love the form of comics, the pages full of co-mixed words and pictures butting up against each other, all those little boxes you have to compare and contrast to pry out the narrative juice, and I adore the weird idiosyncrasies of cartoon language in all its accents. Spiegelman and his family have been advocates for comics in the classroom, pushing to create comics that are appropriate for all ages, and fighting for the place of comics in the literary pantheon, which is kind of where I got started with Spiegelman myself. Spiegelman's love of the medium comes through in the way he puts pen to page, and that love translates into its own kind of respectability. Even for those of us who love the methadone that is superhero comics, Art Spiegelman is a valuable voice in the field, and... His commentary on Marvel is worth reading in its entirety. I'd encourage you to go out and seek that Guardian article to read it. And then once you're done, maybe go back and pick up Mouse again if you haven't read it in a while. That's going to be it for this episode. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being patient with us. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with our regular episode.